Because the king is always with us. Amen. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I give you my peace as a gift, not as the world gives. In other words, I'm not going to take it back. I'm good. I'm for you. I love you. See, you can't, you can't feel the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> He's like the wind. You can only see the effects and feel the effects. That's the anointing. It's tangible. <laughs> but there's comfort in knowing. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. And those of us that know that, it's powerful. I think most Christians want to believe that. They take comfort in hearing that. But then they'll say things like, well, I hope so. <laughs> God wants you well. Well, I hope so. God wants to prosper you. Oh, I hope so. That is not faith, folks. But I don't want to discourage you getting your hopes up because you need to get your hopes up. Hope is foundational for faith to come in, you see. If I can't get you to hope for something or begin to envision something or see something, then you'll never release your faith for it, you see. Praise God. Father, thank you for this day and for all of your love and mercy, for your, your presence, for your anointing. For teaching us and growing us up to know you better. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to thank all of you for being here. I was talking to someone in Houston yesterday. And uh, he was talking about those that would come out on a, on a Sunday night. Um, which I've said... Many times he, he said that's, that's going to produce a strong core of leadership because those are the, the fanatics, you know. <laughs> and I believe it. So good to see you here. And I know it's not easy to, uh, to come out on a Sunday night, but I'm glad we could all make it here tonight. And we'll pray for those who couldn't be here but wanted to. And those that are listening all over the place, today I just wanted to make mention and say hello to some listeners. We have a lot of listeners in Japan, and so a special hello and, uh, and, and blessing to those listening in Tokyo. And also in the U.S., you know, we have a lot of listeners around, and... Uh, I just happened to see we have a a new presence uh, that's been listening quite a bit from Brownsville, Texas. Hello. Ashburn, Virginia, been with us for quite a while. Thank you. God bless you. Also, London, England, and uh, we even have some in France and uh, Russia, Canada, and the Netherlands, and 
Anyway, God bless you all and continue to listen. I hope you're blessed and we'd love to hear from you sometime. Last week we were talking about how to... We're just talking about the Christian life in general, some of the aspects of it. It's not an easy thing, especially in the world and the culture we live in. There is a strain of Christianity which is <clears throat> so far from Christianity now that it's, you really have to call it a spirit of Antichrist that, uh, that is so common and prevalent in our culture which just uh, tries to find a way for to involve Jesus in your life, you see. <laughs> Instead of surrendering, surrendering the Christian, surrendering their life to Him, which is what it really is, they try to find a way to, to combine the Bible into their life. The life they chose, the plans they chose, the, the, the Christianity that says, Jesus and I, we have this understanding, you see. Matter of fact, there's a popular girl in country music that, that uh, I think we like very much. Her voice is very good. I don't know many of her songs, but she talks about how her and Jesus would get along just fine because they both like to drink a little wine and things like that, you see. And that's just, uh, that's outrageous. But that's, that's, this, that's the overall sentiment. You know, you just find a, you create a God of your imagination when you do that. Um, and it's not, it's not real. <laughs> it's not real. We were talking about how, matter of fact, the, the Christian life is impossible to live in your own flesh, in your own mind, without, without the scriptures, without the help of the Holy Spirit. Because in Christ, we are free. And that means free from the fear of man, free from sin. Um, I mean free in the sense that there's nothing compelling us, making us do anything any longer. We're free from the, the, uh, the bonds or the chains of sin as a physical address where we live. We don't have that evil concupiscence, that overwhelming evil desire anymore because that sin nature is gone now we have the nature of god we're not married to to satan to that corrupt old man he's dead and gone and god loves us now because we have chosen him because we have been born again and and that's free of our performance uh independent of our performance he loves us but if we want to experience the life, the victory, the abundant life that Jesus describes in John 10 that he came to provide us with, then we need to learn to agree with God. We need to learn to renew our minds according to the scriptures, not according to the world. Um, if we're thinking 
carnal things, if we are perpetually living a life after the flesh, instead of the spiritual truths, the Word of God or the promises of God being the foundation of our thought life and and uh, producing the uh, the standards of our life and the uh, the actions in our lives, then we're living a life after the flesh, and that will not that will never produce life. It will only produce more death. Every seed produces after its own kind. The flesh only produces flesh. The spirit, spirit. Um, I was. I've just been reading in uh, Daniel recently, and uh, it's blessed me. And so, I thought I would just talk about that a little bit today. Daniel is the last of the major prophets in the in the Bible. Um, although there are no minor prophets, but that's what they call them. Right after Ezekiel, you find Daniel in the Old Testament, and Daniel was a prophet in Israel, in Judah. <clears throat> around uh, 600 years before Jesus. <clears throat> and there was a king called Nebuchadnezzar, and he was king of Babylon, ancient Mesopotamia, Iraq. <clears throat> now... <laughs> It was the largest city in the world at that time. Probably over 200,000 people. And he was a, a great king by worldly standards. He, he conquered a lot. And he came and he, and he laid siege to Judah, to Jerusalem, <clears throat> around five... 93, something like that, B.C. 600 years before Jesus. And he, he took things from the temple and he took some of the, uh, he took a lot of the people. He took, uh, he took royalty and he took wealthy people. He took talented people. He took educated people, slaves around 10,000, and he took them back to Babylon. Daniel was one of them. It was a hard trip, I guarantee you. They didn't get to ride back. <laughs> uh, you probably heard of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the three young men that were with Daniel. And <clears throat> it was tough on them. You know, they made them eunuchs, which in itself could kind of ruin your life if you let it. Um, but these men were described, you see twice here in Daniel in the fifth and sixth chapter, where Daniel was described as having a spirit of excellence. And that's something that uh, 
we don't really talk about in our culture. You don't hear much about. You don't hear people kind of encouraging you to to seek after and to obtain a spirit of excellence in your life. It used to be better than it is now. Now, it's like que sera, sera. Everybody do your own thing. No matter what, be who you are. And this who you are is based on whoever you decide you are, not on who God says you are. And not based on Scripture. And that's the problem. Anytime anything is not based on the principles in this book, then it's really not worth knowing. <clears throat> there are many corporations that have nothing to do with God um, that are very successful. But if you dig beneath the surface, you'll see that all their principles and guidelines are based on biblical truths. It works for everybody. God's no respecter of persons. He makes the rain fall on the just and the unjust. His spiritual and natural laws work, period, for whoever applies them. Some people may not believe he exists. And if they apply his principles in this life, they'll have a wonderful life. Very successful in any, by any means, uh, financially and, and physically and things like that. May not have peace. But they can succeed in this life. But that's all they'll get. And they can't take it with them. And then when they see him, they're going to regret not having gone all the way. Our future, eternity, has everything to do with the decision, the choices we make regarding the Son of God in this life. And once we see him, it's too late. <laughs> Unless we see him in this life, like some of some people have, and maybe in different forms and fashions, I've seen him in dreams. Thank God, he's awesome. But he says, "Blessed, more blessed are those who believe without seeing." Right? He doesn't want us to have to have a goosebump or a vision or a visitation to believe. He wants us to be able to believe. Based on this book, that's why he had that long Bible study on the morning of his resurrection with those believers from that walk to Emmaus. Instead of revealing himself physically to them, he just opened himself up in the scriptures and taught him how this all had to happen and come to pass through the scriptures. Why would he do that? Because he knew this, he would be gone, but this we would have forever. And the Bible teaches us that this will be the only thing that lasts when all of this is gone. This will be the only thing that remains. Jesse Duplantis went to heaven. I believe him. He tells a, an amazing tale about it. Close Encounters of the God Kind. If you ever have, I think we have that CD, DVD or something, but it's awesome. He says that uh, he met some of the apostles up there and they were talking now, what were they talking about? They were talking about the Word. They were still talking about the Word. It's amazing. But Daniel, 
he went to Babylon and this king Nebuchadnezzar, he found favor in his eyes. And Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, those are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Those weren't their names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Those are the names that they gave them there in Babylon. The other names I just said, which actually mean things pertaining to God, is who they really were. But these guys were very faithful to God, and they knew who they were in God's eyes. They knew who they were in their relationship with God. And nothing that happened to them changed their understanding of who they were. You see? Their covenant with God. And I think this is one of the most important parts of us being able to maintain a spirit of excellence throughout this life is first of all having a clear understanding of who we are now that we are born again and that we belong to Christ and that He is in us. That we're His and He is ours and no one can snatch us from God's hands. And 1 Corinthians 5.27 says that we were changed when we were born again and that all things became new and we've gone through that spirit, soul, and body and how it was our spirit that was renewed and perfected and sealed, blameless until the day of Christ. We have the very mind of Christ. The kingdom of God is within us. And they, going back to Daniel, this king, once they got there, he wanted them to be taught the ways of of the kingdom and to be fed and taken care of. And then they were going to be used to teach the people of Babylon the... uh, their language and, and their history and all the things that they knew because they were, they were men of knowledge. He ordered that for a time they be given certain foods. He, the king himself chose all these, this food and meat and wine and everything that he drank for them to make sure they were very healthy. Daniel decided that uh, these things were against his God and he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. And he asked the head uh, eunuch that was, they were in his care to not make him uh, eat those things or drink that wine. And he said, well, I'm afraid. He did have mercy on them, but he said, I'm afraid of our king. And why should I do this and, and risk my head when he'll see you and see that you guys are not well if you don't eat and drink and take care of yourself, and, and then I'll, I'll lose my head. He said, well, just, just try it. You know, give us just vegetables and water and watch. And he did for 10 days. And at the end of 10 days, they were better in appearance and fatter than all the other boys. <laughs> and so they realized it was God. And so anyway, he found favor in that way. But he just, he wanted to... Instead of just blending in, and I mean, the, the real temptation, the, I mean, it's not against our culture, against anything that we do, so we don't have to be vegetarians and things like that. 
we're free in Christ. But the point is, the time it would have defiled his conscience. And so instead of doing the easy thing and saying, well, you know, God, you've forsaken me. They killed, probably killed their families in front of them and they take them hostage and ruined their city and defiled their temple and took them all this way to a foreign country and made them eunuchs. It would be easy to get discouraged. But they didn't. Didn't change anything. Can you see that? Wow. To still say, well, my God, you know, this is not the way my God wants me. They didn't blame God. You see, Joseph, back in, in, in Genesis, you see, Joseph was the, same, was the same way. I want you to understand that thing, bad things happen to good people. We're in a fallen world. But Jesus is never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He's not the one doing the bad things against you. And if you start believing that and learning that the things that happen to you do not identify who you are, that you are a son of God, you are a child of God. All of the, when Jesus came into our lives, we have all the, as adopted children of God, we have all of the same rights and privileges as the natural born child himself, Jesus. We have become, he was the first of many brethren. And now we have come after him. And God sees us just as he sees Jesus. When you start thinking of yourself that way, you won't fear man anymore. You'll be just like Paul. Well, we're going to cut your head off. Awesome. Get to go be with God. Now we're going to let you live. Awesome. God can use me some more. I can help people know about God. Well, how do you get over on this guy? You can't. He belongs to God. He understands his identity. Who he is. This is not his home. This is temporary. It's good either way. It's good either way. And that's what they did. But I was starting to mention Joseph. I don't know what happened. But he, you know, he was in prison for 13 years before anything good began to happen to him. But he was called blessed. And he called himself blessed. <clears throat> They accused him of, of rape. And this woman threw herself on him. He's like, oh no, I can't do that. Do you remember the reason he gave? God wouldn't like that. He would have never done what they accused him of, this evil woman. It didn't matter. They put him in prison. He didn't blame God. He didn't act like God had left him. His own brothers had sold him into slavery. Bad things happen to good people. It doesn't change our relationship with God. It doesn't change how God feels about us or what God wants for us or the plans that God has for us. They're all good. Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. He had 
more than one, but the first one that he had, he couldn't, he couldn't interpret. And he was going to have, uh, he had all kind of wise men and soothsayers and all this demonic stuff because they didn't have the real God. And no one could interpret the dream for him. And so he was going to have all these, uh, the, all the wise men and teachers in the kingdom killed. Shows how smart he was. How the enemy can influence, you know. <laughs> Just think if you're a king of a nation and, and the devil can talk you into killing all the wise men. <laughs> okay, so, well, when Daniel heard about this, he said, he said, don't destroy the wise men of Babylon. This is in uh, Daniel chapter 2, uh, verse 24, I think. Do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. Bring me in before the king and I'll show the king the interpretation. And you know what he did? He, when he, it's back a few verses before is when he had actually heard about this and he made this claim. He said, go and request the king to appoint me a time and and I'll go and show him the interpretation of this dream. Don't kill everybody. And so he just makes this bold proclamation to this, this person who could go tell the king, don't kill everybody, I'll tell him what the dream means. And then what he did, he went to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and he said, now let's, let's pray. Let's pray and ask God to tell me what, tell me what the dream was. He made this proclamation before he even... He didn't know what the dream meant. He didn't know anything about it. And he had already told him he was going to interpret it. Then they went and asked God, oh God, help us. Because he knew his relationship and his standing with God. He knew these people weren't of God. He knew he was, even though he was the one who was a prisoner, a slave, and had been treated so terribly. He said, now let's, let's just get on our knees and... And get this done. He knew God would come to the rescue. And he did. He went in and told him exactly what the dream meant. There was a. He had seen a, a vision of a. A big. Uh, a big. Uh, statue. And it was. It uh, was. It was uh, gold. Let's see if I can find it right here, right here. The head of this image was a fine gold. And its chest and arms were silver. And the body was bronze. And the, leg, and the legs were iron. And then the, the feet and toes were iron and clay mixed. And it was all about the kingdoms. And, and he, was, uh, the, he was the head, Nebuchadnezzar. Because he had asked God what was going to happen after, after, uh, later on. The future, basically. And he showed him that this was a picture of him. He was the gold. He was the king here in this kingdom. And another kingdom was going to come after him. And it wasn't going to be as strong. But it was silver and then the, the bronze. And it was a lesser kingdom. And then there was one of iron that was strong. And then one, they tried to continue in the next kingdom to keep things going. But it was a mixture of iron which was strong. And then of clay which wasn't. And then you tried to... 
uh, intertwined them through marriage. That's why they were mixed together, but it broke apart and they wasn't going to last. Anyway, he, he told him perfectly. And he gave him, he rewarded him. He put him over the whole kingdom. Just like what happened to Joseph. From prison, from prisoner or slave to highly exalted. And almost uh, second in command, you know, basically to the king himself. Just for standing his ground. And that's another thing. Not just knowing our identity in Christ, but having some standards. Agreeing with God and applying His principles to our life. I say it all the time. If God said it, that settles it. If you ever get to that place in your life, and none of us are perfectly there, believe me. We all got things that we're working on. And hopefully we've got that discussion going with the Lord because He's the one to talk to about everything. When you get one thing sorted out, there'll be another thing. It's like golf, you know. That's why people love the game. You can never perfect it. About the time you get your game down like you want it, something else will go wrong, they say. I'm not a golfer. I tried it, but it was a drinking game for me back in the day. Sometimes we wouldn't even get out of the car. (laughs) Sometimes we'd have to pull the cart out of the pond, you know. Nevertheless, Babylon was a huge city. You know, it was a, that was a great kingdom for a time, about 2,300 years before Christ, and then about 1,000 years after, after the Lord came and went, uh, it was finally abandoned. And, uh, and then about 700... Um, 700 A.D., I guess, is when the Muslims went in and took it over, and it's been nothing since. Now you can't even find it uh, hardly. It's just some old mud ruins and things like that. They know where it's at. It's 53 miles south, southwest of, of uh, Baghdad. <clears throat> but the same thing when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego... Right after all this happened, some time later, but when they would not uh, bow down to uh, another statue, a golden image that uh, Nebuchadnezzar had erected, uh, then they were thrown into the fiery furnace. Remember that? They wouldn't agree to, to worship this, this false idol, this god uh, the, of Nebuchadnezzar's creation, and uh, because of it, they were thrown into the fiery furnace. He heated it up seven times hotter than normal and had some strong men tie these three young men up and, and bound and went to throw them into the fire. And it was so hot that the guys that went to throw them in the furnace were burned up right there. And then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell into the fiery furnace. <laughs> and Nebuchadnezzar jumps up, he sees in there. He says, didn't you heat this up seven times hotter? They said, yeah. And he said, well, how come I... And then weren't there three of them? He said, yeah. He said, well, how come I see those men walking around unbound in the fire? And there's a fourth with them, looks like the Son of God. 
Jesus was right there with them in the fire. And so they came out and their clothes weren't burned. They didn't even smell like smoke. You know what they told him? He, the king, when he heard that they would not do it, because he didn't want to, he liked them. He liked Daniel and he liked them too because he knew that they had God and he kind of got tricked into this by some of his leaders. But then he was stuck. So he gave them another chance when he brought, brought them before him. He said, now if, you, if you'll just do it right now, then it'll be fine, you know. When you hear the, it was a deal any time in the kingdom when you heard all the instruments playing, you just bowed down toward this, this thing. He says, when the instruments play, if you just bow down now, it'll be, I'll forget about it. <laughs> so he tried to give them another chance. And look what they said in uh, Daniel 3, verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. And the King James says, we don't even have to be careful to answer you in this. In other words, we're not, we're not afraid of you. We're not afraid of you. We don't even have to think about what we're going to say. That's something. When he's already told you what's going to happen, and you know he has the power, and the worldly power to do it, but it doesn't matter. You see, when it comes to God and your relationship with God and the instructions of God and the, and, the, and the counsel of God in your life and the standards of God that you've aligned your life and agreed with, nothing else matters. Oh, this, this is not even a talking point. It's not open for discussion. Just like Peter said when, he, when they were beaten by the, the Sanhedrin, by the council for preaching the name of Jesus. He said, I thought we told you not to do that anymore. He said, what are we going to do? Obey you or God? In other words, it's not, a, it's not an issue. We, we're going to submit to you because God has told us to submit to all authority. But our hearts are with God. We're going to obey Him. <laughs> you know, you want to arrest us and beat us, we're going to submit. But we're going to continue to preach the name of Jesus. You can't unlearn the truth. <laughs> and that's what these guys say. They said, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not... Be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. <laughs> we just, it's not, a, it's not open for discussion. Do you know how that simplifies your life? It's just like teaching a kid about drinking and premarital sex and the things, the choices that they're going to, the peer pressure they're going to run into, teaching them in advance about the pitfalls and the and the death that's hiding behind all these lovely invitations, teaching them that in advance. And then when they come, they're encountered with it for the first time. They're not thrown off guard. They're like, oh, no, I already know about this. Matter of fact, I've got some uh, people that love me in my life that they've been down that road. 
a couple of relatives aren't with us anymore because of those choices. <laughs> My dad loves me and he told me all about it. And he said, if this happens, just give him a call and he'll come get me. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> How powerful is that? It's the same thing. You know what I'm saying? When we just, when we find out, Ephesians 5.10, find out what pleases God. Okay, that means it's all in here. When I see it, I'm going to say, ah, okay. I'm a little off on this one, but I agree with you, Lord. I agree with you. It starts becoming easier and easier and easier. And then when you come to that situation in your life where it's so easy to compromise, and if you would just compromise right here, right now, then the ends will justify the means because it's going to fix all the problems. And then over here, you'll just get right with God again. Don't. That's the trap. That's the trap. If you instead, if right here where the opportunity looks so looks so tempting, fix everything right here, and then I'll just make up with God. Say, no, nope, I can't. Do you understand what you're saying? It's going to cause all this problem for you. I'm sorry. I, I can't. I'm just not going to open that door. I'm not going to allow the enemy in right there. And you know what? It might be bad on you right there for a minute. For a while. It could have some adverse effects because you didn't take the easy route. You take that lonely road. Never very crowded on God's road. How sobering a scripture is that when Jesus says, you know, the road to life is narrow. You know, the road to destruction is wide. The highway of life, you know, the road to life is narrow. He said, and, and, and Jesus' own words, only a few find it. If only a few find it, then you think what's qualifying for Christianity these days is, is the narrow road? I don't. I don't. I don't know about percentages, but I know Billy Graham said, and then as, as he's gotten older, even more and more so, that the, 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 the overwhelming majority of Christians in church on Sundays aren't even, don't even belong to God. Now, I have nothing against seekers. You know, there are converts and there are babies and, and different levels of relationship with God and those who are just seeking or just looking in. And, hey, you're all welcome. Come on. But those of us who really claim to be disciples, Jesus said that we're the ones that live by his words. You know? And you know, there's a, I, I grew up, uh, my stepdad worked with a man, a great man. A couple of my schoolmates I grew up with, it was, he was their dad, he he passed away, and his funeral is tomorrow. And this, I was just thinking about that. He, he's one of the one of those Christian people that actually had a spirit of excellence. You'll never find anyone say anything bad about him. And it's not an unattainable thing. 
You know what it is for a Christian to have a spirit of excellence and live a life of excellence? Choice. It's simply a choice. There's nothing compelling us to do anything different. Only thing keeping us from doing it is really unbelief. That God wants to bless you, I hope so, attitude. Instead of I know so. Instead of believing 3 John verse 2. That beloved, I wish above all things that thou be in good health and prosper even as thy soul prospers. You see, there's a correlation there, though, between the soulish realm. Remember, we talked about spirit, soul, and body. The soul is our personality, our mind, our will, and our emotions. Even as thy soul prospers, that we will be in good health and prosper physically, naturally. In this natural realm, it has a, it's a correlation. Remember, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 23, 7. We are who God says we are. We have what He says we have. All of the blessings of God in Christ are yes and amen. Everything has been put on account. It's all in the Spirit. The things we're praying for are just a few inches below that bowed head. And we can pray them out into the natural realm where we can Benefit from them now. Or we can just wait. Hold on and muddle through. Till we finally get home and then enjoy it. But I believe a lot of those tears that Jesus wipes from our eyes. Are going to be because we're going to realize. Wow we had it all. We had it all then. And we could have taught others to have it. We could have been a help. Just like the acronym for this church. To heal, empower, love and prosper the body of Christ. We could benefit from all the things He's put on account for us and we could help others to do the same if we only believe and walk in it. We all pursue that spirit of excellence with me for our lives and to help others to do the same. I believe you will. Amen. Praise God. Pray with me. Dear Lord, thank You so much for this day and for Your precious Word. Thank You for teaching us to live with a spirit of excellence, drawing upon your grace by faith, trusting you and just applying your, your words to our life, your truth, your desires, your will, your way. Lord, we just thank you that everything in our life will line up with you. And where we're off, Lord, just gently help us to make the course correction. We can't do anything without you. And because of that, we won't take the glory for anything that we do that's good. We'll give it all to you. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to enter into the abundant life that you have planned for us. And help us to help others to do the same. That's our simple prayer today. And we mean it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.